Hey, this is Benjamin Mara. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Bada bing. Yes. Yep. One take, too. Amazing. When you stole the hat. We are, after all, professionals. Yes. It's like riding a bike. You never really forget how to do it. Apparently that's not true. Isn't it? <laughs> not everyone can ride a bike. It looks, it looks very easy, right? Until you get in the seat. No, I mean, it takes a, a fair amount of coordination to ride a bike. And God bless her, Mia just can't do it. I don't know about that. I think if the majority of people can do something, I don't know if it takes a fair bit of coordination. Well, fair is not much. I don't know. Like I'm thinking, like surfing or skateboarding. That seems yeah. a bit trickier. Yes, I agree. Um, riding a motorcycle would be more difficult than riding a bike. Oh, agreed. Yes, a lot of timing, a lot of shifting of the weight. Yeah, yeah. Plus, there's more, some of that in more, bike. Moral danger if you if you do it wrong. Oh, true. I judge. If you pass me on a motorcycle and you're not wearing a helmet, <laughs> you dumbass. Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. I, it's so I silly. I may have told you all this story before, but our old uh, admin, she's she doesn't work with us anymore. But she, um, her husband commuted into Long Island from Manhattan every day for a long time. And one day, he's driving to work, and a dude flew off a motorcycle and flew into the, his grill, and he cut him in half. Wow, you're not surviving yeah. that. No, 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 no. The guy died. The guy was on the other side of the highway, the LIE, and he was trying to speed away from a cop who was trying to pull him over and he lost control and he flipped over the the guardrail over to the other side and just ground up like a like a like meat wow. patty. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Like Joe yeah. Pilato on Day of the Dead. Ask yourself, was it worth it? Hell no. Definitely not. But this is very much worth your time and effort. It's eleven o'clock comics, episode six hundred and eighty, and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I'm David A. Price. Yes, indeed you are. And I used to be known as the Knife, but then you all started calling me Old Head because I'm Nash Glivin Jr. <laughs> no, you absolutely you're a silly bastard. No, you absolutely are not any of that. You're Jason. Nash yes, you're Jason Wood. Everybody, <laughs> on this a special bonus Patreon sponsored episode. What is this Patreon thing? You ask. Well, go to. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, one one, no apostrophe, and you will see what the hubbub is about. Uh, our patrons are there for us. They elevate everybody. You get a bonus episode twice a month, extra content for the patrons, and a whole lot more. So do yourself a solid and us, I'll be honest, and go to Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. See what's up. Quick and dirty. Yes, sir. And dirty. Just the way we like it. Well, and this is our Heroes Con recap episode, right? Oh, it would have been. Oh, yes. Stuff happens. It is true. It is true. It was nice. Shout out to uh, to, to Daniel White, D-Dub, for he's been having, week, I think, weekly, right, that? Or at least every Saturday night for the past few go. weeks, yeah. Yeah. Weekly uh, Zoom chats with some folks. Um, I admittedly hadn't partaken until... This Saturday, because it was more of a, uh, we had, the three of us had talked about trying to do something heroes-centric virtually anyway, and so this seemed like the uh, the logical 
stand in for that, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was um, it was upwards of twenty five people uh, concurrent for a bunch of hours, um, and uh, the talk was was easy going and a lot of laughs and covered a lot of ground. It was a uh, it was it was a blast. Uh, it was probably one of my favorite things was the ability to change your name to a absurd. <laughs> commentary uh on the screen which was getting everybody to chuckle at each other so uh yeah i thought it was terrific that's always fun yeah mm-hmm. it's simple yet effective it really is yeah i consumed a boatload of comics over the uh, well no we've recorded on thursday uh since thursday i read a good amount of stuff i hope you guys did too i pretended uh that i was um doing some back issue diving and i uh, set up a table in the garage and brought some long boxes down there and was um, going through them so I could sort the insides and um, and make sets to uh, to send out for care packages. But uh, but yeah, I, I it was basically I was I was hunched over some boxes digging for back issues. So it 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 you know it it was so not the same, but it 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 didn't. Caused the weekend to not sting as much, but um, it was, uh, you know, just it, it it makes me long for when we'll be back to to be able to to do that shoulder to shoulder and and alternate rows. But um, but you know, it was it, it was the the Zoom was definitely a um, highlight. It was it was great seeing people that, that we would have seen this past weekend, um, and I think. Uh, I think, I think considering how how humid it was and and just it, I was, I guess I was more in 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 Vince's camp as the weekend went on. And you know, this is it. it this this is what it is. I mean, I, 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 there is no point in in cursing anyone or anything that uh, that, that heroes didn't happen, but. Um, all in all, I think it was. It, it could have been a worse weekend. I'll say that. Yeah, be here now. It never fails yeah. me. I don't I hope I don't belabor the point, and I don't wish for things that haven't happened yet. I anticipate to a certain degree, but I don't get too wrapped up in it in case something happens like this. Then you're not all bent out of shape. You're not all weepy. Not to say that anybody was. But I'm just I just live in the moment. You don't have to worry about this kind of stuff. It would have been awesome to see all our friends. That's a given. But we can't. So therefore, you do something else. Jason does not agree with me at all on that. See? He's so- no, it's not that. It's not that. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I certainly think that um, it's like we said last episode. I, I We knew for months that this wasn't going to happen. So it's not yeah, like it was. Writing was on the wall. But, but I mean, but I think where we maybe differ is, is I, I, I was going into the week i thought oh it is what it is you know no heroes but then like i said when uh when wednesday rolled around i had i had the feels just because it became very real but uh <laughs> you know it's fine it happens next year is going to be i had, a I had blow up. cardboard cutouts of the two of you and they were plenty entertaining so i know who needs them <laughs> your wife is a wonderful woman my wife would never even consider doing that what i gotta say i was gobsmacked by the whole thing you should be <laughs> For, for the uh, listeners who don't know what we're talking about, my wife uh, and kids were feeling bad because normally Father's Day weekend is synonymous with Heroes Con for me. Although, to be fair, I, I didn't go to Heroes last um, 
Father's Day. But uh, but nevertheless, so she felt bad because she knew uh, it was something I was looking forward to and couldn't do. So she did a bunch of things this weekend to try and at least uh, karmically um, make me feel a little bit of that. And it started with she, she had ordered two life-size cardboard cutouts of David and Vince um, that were uh, <laughs> that were to be your stand-ins for the weekend. And uh, it was great. So. Yeah, my my standout was very robust in the crotchal region. Of course, well, it was enhanced. Absolutely, <laughs> it's the pleats. Uh, it was Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, you uh, you just basically hung around the the Statelywood Manor for the most part. Not a bad thing. You did partake in the video chat. At least Vince was there uh, two dimensionally. There you go. As I would have been had I been there <laughs> in in the flesh. <laughs> Let's talk about some comics before they start. Turn the dial. Turn the this, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. What you got? Well, I uh, my intro was a hint to what I got. Well, speak on it. Uh, yeah, I backed a Kickstarter a few months back um, for uh, Kyle Starks. Shout out to uh, Kyle. I think we're all fans of, of the gentleman's work. And um, he did a Kickstarter for his new original graphic novel called Old Head. And it's uh, written and drawn by Kyle. With colors by Chris Schweitzer, which is pretty cool. They're a longtime buddy. Schweitzer draws a lot of his comics and uh, I guess is a little more adept at the coloring, so he colored the book for him. We've talked about a lot of Kyle's work before. He's he's basically uh, a fantastic humor writer. And most of the time he mixes high, high adventure or uh, 70s, 80s exploitation type stuff with, with humor in comic form. And that's a recipe that almost always works for me. Uh, and this is a madcap horror story featuring the world's toughest former pro basketball player returning home with his daughter to learn about his destiny and his mother's <laughs> mysterious past. While right next door, Dracula and his goons are on the eve of their bloodiest holiday. So story is about the uh, the old head refers to, um, as I mentioned, a guy by the name of Nash Glivin Jr. He is a. Uh, at the start of the story, he is 52 years old. He was an exceptional basketball player, ended up playing in the NBA for 16 years. But he was more of a Dennis Rodman type, tenacious defender, gotten a lot of uh, fouled out a lot, um, kind of a pain in the ass, thorn in the side of, of, of star players. Wasn't much of a shooter, which is why they call them the knife, because guns can shoot, but knives can't, but they can still hurt you. Um, and... Um, He's now, like many pro athletes, um, struggling in retirement. It's been about 10 years since he's been retired, and he's just struggling in retirement with with finding purpose. He's always had a temper, always been prone to fighting, um, and he just misses the action of being on the basketball court. And this um, the story takes place the day or two after his uh, mother passes away. And through flashbacks, we learn that he grew up in a single home, single parent home, and his mom was always his biggest supporter, but she was also tough as nails. And she makes allusion one one early day in a flashback to Nash saying, uh, "Why aren't there any, why aren't there any monsters at the zoo? Like we never see any monsters." And she just nonchalantly says, uh, "It's because I killed them all, or they were all killed." And uh, he makes no, he, that just kind of fouls that away. Doesn't think much of it. But but now fast forward, he and his daughter, a teenage daughter, are um, are coming back from her funeral, and they're going to her home, his where he grew up, his childhood home, to uh, settle her estate. And when they pull up, it's just a nice little suburban home. But uh, as as the uh, the uh, elevator pitch I just read says, uh, in in the background is 
their neighbor in the cul-de-sac is this gigantic Dracula's castle. And, uh, and as it turns out, um, Nash thought he was going to have to do a lot of work on the house because it was old to uh, get it sold. But, but lo and behold, his next door neighbor in the castle made him a very handsome all cash offer that he gladly accepted. So he's going there just to pack up her stuff and then sign the papers and be off. Well, you can see where this is going. As it turns out, his mom was a monster hunter. And uh, when Dracula rolled to the U.S. Uh, and moved into her town, she and her uh, her husband at the time, who's Nash's dad, but long gone, end up fighting them and, and, and pretty much taking them all out. Um, or at least they thought. They thought they killed Dracula, the brides, all of his minions, everybody. Um, but as it turns out, every 52 years, a solstice of, of, of some sort happens that allows a, a moment of, of extra strength that uh, can, can bring Drac and his crew back if they, uh, if they execute against it. And it just so happens that tonight's the night. Our man Nash goes up to the castle to settle up, thinking nothing of it, signs the papers, thinks all good. And uh, suddenly he's introduced after signing the papers to a bunch of other dudes who are hanging out in the castle. And uh, they're very jovial. And they're like, hey, what's up, man? And they're looking at a – he walks into the room, the, 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 the business manager who um, he signed the papers with, says, oh, come into this room, meet all these people. And he walks in, and there's this uh, classic Kyle Starks fashion. There's a bunch of ne'er-do-wells of, of various sorts. And uh, they're all staring at a computer screen. And at first, you, I, don't, I didn't even notice this computer screen. But then they, 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 they all turn around and look at him. And then Nash is – you see a bunch of panels. And Nash says, uh, hey, fellas. Um, is that an asshole? And then you realize the computer screen is just like a giant close-up of like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and so they turn it off, and then he introduces them, and they're like, "This is classic Starks. You got Maverick, F Dog, Sex Chomp, Playboy, and Lil Menopause." Which I got to tell you, as as someone who loves rap, but I am baffled at how many rappers right now are known as Little or Lil. <laughs> like there's like there's like twenty aspiring or main or, or made rappers that have the name Lil now. So Lil Menopause. And then he's like, Lil Menopause? And the guy goes, yeah, they call me Lil Menopause because once I'm with a woman, she's never the same again. And Nash is like, uh, okay. So as you can imagine, these are these are Dracula's minions, right? So he's like, all right, dudes, I got to go. I'm peace out. I'm out. Got to get back to my daughter. And, uh, and they're like, oh, you got a daughter? And they're like saying all this creepy shit. And he's like, dude, she's 12. Relax. And and lo and behold, this is all a plan, of course, that they, they knew that, that he was – that after he agreed to sell the place to them, that they were planning on killing him as revenge for uh, you know, for her, him being of lineage from the monster hunters. And, uh, and of course, these, these dudes are not uh, everything that they seem. They're actually these giant creatures with these long necks. They're not vampires. They're, they're, they almost look like hellhounds, but with really long giraffe necks. Kyle kind of does a different type take on the, on the character design for these – but uh, it's just it's just a super fun book, and then and then you can imagine hijinks ensue. He and his daughter have to basically fend off all these creatures, and then Dracula ends up getting back into the picture at least momentarily, and they have to fight him. Uh, and uh, you know, as with as is typical with Kyle's books, the hero generally wins in the end, like in like a good '80s action movie. And and it's just it's it's one of, he's one of the few writers that that makes me laugh out loud. And it's a lot of it is because it's it's juvenile puerile humor unapologetically so um you know and uh like for example at one point they're like before they before the, he realizes they're going to turn on him one guy's got his arm around him. he's like man let me ask you something what's the most important thing in a man's life and nash of course being a retired pro player says um my legacy and he's like nah 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 
He's like, can you bust a nut on your legacy, old man? He's like, and then the other guy's like, he's talking about swapping gravy, Haas. Doing a little titty-based cardio. Tag team Jocelyn. Making the stank heat. Fat boy finding an ugly house. Hiding the unicorn in the stinky thicket. Parking in the fuck wagon in the garage. Taking the hot dog bus to Taco Town. Oh, boy. I know, right? So, you know, Kyle, I think, probably crowdsourced this versus put it out at... um, uh, at his normal haunts of like boom, because it was probably a little more R-rated than is typical. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 awesome. I mean, they uh, they're easy to hate, but they're still funny, and they're they're uh, Nash whoops their ass as does his daughter, and uh, and they live happily ever after. But uh, but it's 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 you know every one of his books that he's ever done is kind of got the same vibe um, where you've got this over the top action hero doing crazy shit, uh, and this one's just got a horror tinge to it. Um, which was a, a nice change of pace from what is typically more like 80 style um, action movie um, setups. So, uh, and and for those that don't know Kyle's art, it's very cartoony. It be it looks a lot like something you might see in Adult Swim. You know, something like uh, not dissimilar from like some people have compared it to the regular show if you know that show or something like that. But uh, but he's a terrific storyteller and he has a lot of fun. You could just tell that he writes comics that make him to make himself laugh. And in turn, he makes a lot of other people laugh, and uh, and it's even set up for for future volumes. So I, I hope it's successful. It was a su- successful enough Kickstarter that we will get subsequent volumes of it. Um, but uh, yeah, two huge thumbs up. And and I, I I haven't seen it yet, but as with most things Kickstarter, these these books do seem to find a way into the previews catalog at some point through some publisher. So given that he's got a very uh, established track record of putting out books commercially, I would assume this will find a broader reach if you didn't partake in the Kickstarter. Um, and he threw in a lot of cool tchotchkes too. Like there's a, a there's a, a old style trading card for Nash uh, with, with stats and uh, everything. And uh, there's a bunch of cool fake tattoos of some of the characters. And he also threw in a sketch of Domino, which was awesome. So uh, yeah, so much, much love. I would say you could pick this up from him directly at a con because he goes to quite a few cons. Who <laughs> the hell knows when we're going to go to a con again? So, uh, truth, yeah. So old head, nice. I like Kyle's uh, style a lot. Yeah, but definitely. Isn't that the goal though? To to please yourself, and then if yeah. by chance you you get an audience out of it, that's gravy. And you can tell, like you said, from reading his stuff that you could assume that he's giggling as he's drawing this stuff. Definitely. Right? Um, Tip of the hat to you, speaking of hip-hop, because, yes, I know I'm on a delayed fuse with a lot of stuff. You mentioned, I think it was maybe two years ago, Uh um, Hip-Hop Evolution on Netflix. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I watched the first two episodes. Mm -hmm. It's great. Talk talk about being schooled. I knew that Grandmaster Flash and Bombada were um, important to hip-hop, but I didn't, I mean, based on how much they're revered within their peers, inside and outside. But I didn't know how important they were. Like, it would be nothing without those two guys. They sent, they blazed the trail, especially Grandmaster Flash. They were all, I mean, I, I the one thing that, that hit me hard was everybody else was picking up the stylus and moving it. And Grandmaster's like, there's got to be a better way because it's so imprecise. And that part where they show him, he's marking on the, the vinyl with the crayon. And he's counting mm-hmm. as it's spinning, and then he spins it back the the requisite amount of of turns, and he's doing it like it just boggles my mind how you could keep track of all that shit and make it sound seamless. 
Yep. It's just staggering. I, th- I think it's a great series. Yeah, I'm early into it, but it's good stuff. And I know almost cool. nothing. I know the big names, right? And this just, it, it was so revealing to me what went into it. Because I just thought, eh, they're sampling. You know, it's no big deal. It's a very yeah. big deal. Yes. It, it yes. takes skill to do it. I thought Absolutely. they were just, you know, pushing buttons. But that's not how it works. All grooms up with you. Yeah. It's not how it works. It's weird that you bring this up today because I was listening to a podcast earlier about that same era. Uh, the the, uh, the the two surviving members of the Beastie Boys were on Dax, Dax so Shepard's cool. podcast to promote the um, Apple documentary. And, uh, and uh, they were talking about their origins and how they really to this day still don't have any kind of love or um, relationship with Russell Simmons. Um, and that, uh, for a long time, well, um, for a long time, they didn't speak to Rick Rubin either. Uh, although they, they've kind of bridged that fence a little bit in recent years, they said, but, uh, but yeah, they, they had a lot of bad blood for those two guys for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. It seems that way. I have some history of, uh, decidedly alternative bent. Have you guys ever heard of the Phoebus cartel? Don't think so. The Phoebus cartel was founded in January 15th, 1925. What they did was, they were a multinational conglomeration of business entities. And they all came together to do one thing. They wanted to establish the price and the longevity of incandescent light bulbs. They said, all right, let's determine how much these things are going to sell for, and more importantly, how long they're going to last. We can't have them lasting longer than 1,200 hours. Anybody who makes a light bulb that lasts longer than 1,200 hours, because it is possible, or it was possible, is going to get severely fined because we're calling the shots. And the members of this group included General Electric, Osram, Associated Electrical Industries, Philips, and more. There was a cult called the Family International, which was also known as the Children of God. Okay. They were formed in Huntington Beach, California in 1968. I won't bore you with their doctrine, but they're noteworthy because they had a very novel approach to indoctrination. In order to lure potential acolytes into their fold, they developed a very successful system of evangelism called flirty fishing. Basically, what flirty fishing is, is female members of the children of God prostituted themselves to hook and reel men into the fold. Um, the hookers for Jesus were so successful, they were contracted to perform their services for other entities, which leads to December 22nd, 1984. Do you know what happened on that day? If you live in New York City, you remember this very well, if you were alive then. Bernard Getz shot four teens on a Manhattan subway after feeling threatened by their panhandling. What came out later was, three years prior, Getz was accosted at the Canal Street subway station by three youths who attempted to rob him of his electronics equipment. The fact that the alleged attackers got off with light sentences and received far less police scrutiny than he stuck with Getz. During the 1984 shootings, Getz claimed that his perception and capabilities shifted while firing the gun. He went red, his body just took over, and he returned to what he called normal after he ran out of bullets. 
1982, a company named Mystique released a game for the Atari 2600 called Custer's Revenge. The object of this game was to rape a Native American woman. Have you ever seen it? It's very disturbing. Custer walks across the screen. He's got a big old heart on. And Jesus. No, yeah. I have not seen it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the concept of big numbers within the black ops arena is a process employed when one wants to hide significant bits of data or the signal in a sea of static, which is the noise. On April 11th, 1986, two serial bank robbers, William Russell Matix and Michael Lee Platt, were involved in a shootout with FBI officers in Miami. These guys were horribly outnumbered by the FBI. I think it was actually four to one or more. Um, Matix and especially Platt held off their assailants. They held off all these FBI dudes. They killed two of them. They wounded five of them before Matix and much later Platt succumbed to their wounds. Platt, like Rasputin before him, seemed to be able to absorb much more damage than was humanly possible. The incident resulted in police departments around the country being supplied with more effective weaponry. Now, what in the holy hell do all these concepts and events have to do with each other? There is a, a four-issue miniseries, the last issue of which was recently published, called Nobody is in Control. It's uh, delivered from Black Mask, was written by Patrick Kindlon, illustrated by Paul Tucker. They're very specific about letting you know that it was hand-lettered by Wallace Ryan. I won't get too deep into it because I think this type of story, we're in Bill Cooper. Behold a pale horse territory with this book. There's a radio talk show host. His name's Richard Severe. And he has a show called Speak Truth. It's a thinly veiled take on Art Bell. You're familiar <laughs> with Art Bell, yes? Yeah. Who would uh, delve into fringe subjects, UFOs, Bigfoot, cryptozoology, government conspiracy, uh, mind control, and... Richard did his show for a lot of years. He's getting up there in age, and he retires and moves to Georgia, the backwoods of Georgia. Like, he is super secluded. He has his setup. He just wants to live out the rest of his life doting on his grandkids, doing whatever the hell he wants. He's paid his dues. And uh, one afternoon, Richard's looking out of his uh, giant window, and he sees a guy with a briefcase traipsing across his property. Now, remember, he's miles and miles away from anywhere. So he, he gets his gun, he goes outside, and he, he confronts the man. The man's name's Nick. Turns out that Nick is fleeing a local army base, and he may just be in trouble. So Nick starts dropping all this conspiracy theory and, and, and the like on him. Now, remember, Richard did his time talking about all this stuff, but he plays it like he's never heard of it before. And the story progresses. And I'm not going to tell you any more about it because this is one of those books that um, it's squarely in my, my, uh, my mindset, right? It potentially uncovers things that maybe people didn't link before. Uh, is it fiction? Okay. You could say it's fiction. Is it Real? I think you'd get the side eye from a lot of people, um, but that's how it was designed to be perceived, right? 
you have to admit, even if you're not a conspiracy theorist, that there are many things going on in this world of which we have little to no information. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Right. And and I get the the waters get a little muddy. I I understand why he introduced the Phoebus cartel first because it builds in to the story that there are shadowy entities that plan obsolescence. They only make things last for a certain amount of time. And if you think your iPhone gets slow when the new operating system is released, is not planned, well, I mean, okay, live your life in, in denial, right? They build things in to everything in life to only last a certain amount of time. Money can't be made if things last forever. So the fact that they build that into the narrative, but it's not just centered on things, it's focused on people. There is a, a finite lifespan. There are There's a purpose for events that may not be readily apparent, <laughs> and this series tries to get to the, the bottom of it. It is a little preachy at times, like they're, but but they do it in a novel way. the The two characters are traipsing across the the, the wilderness, and they're talking about, um, say, the children of God. And you get little flashbacks here and there. It's peppered with infographics. Like most of the time, Richard will say, mm, "Tell me more," and then they'll show a shot of his website listing a particular episode in which he talked about the subject that Nick is trying to to tell him about. So. He knows a lot more than he's letting on. And you see like message board postings and just little blurbs here that pop up uh, willy-nilly throughout the narrative. Um, but the weird thing about it is the scenario enters a dreamlike sequence often where Nick and uh, Richard will be speaking. And let's say they talk about Bernie Getz. Well, you're on the subway in certain characters as they're speaking about the incident. So the the reality of what's going on gets a little little weird, a little malleable. Like you mm-hmm. can't, you know, it's not really happening, but the 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 joy of comics is you could do that. You could take the reader into the event without saying, "All right, Richard just transformed into a character that was on the subway." You know that it's not true, but like the little little uh, Vaseline blend that that drips down the screen and TV flashbacks, you know, it gets kind of strange, and it's very strange because we're not talking about um, the evening news here. These are subjects that exist and they're not bandied about all too often. But this is my food, right? I'm right up your alley, though. Yeah, this uh, the narrative is stronger. I don't want to. No, I don't want to shit on it. The, the The visuals are rough and gritty, intentionally so, I think. Um, but I think the meat here is the narrative. You're going to get much more out of it from the story than you are from the art. The art services the story. There's nothing flashy about it. I thought it was amazing, but again, Cavi Mtor, it's speaking my language. Your sure. mileage may vary. If you implicitly trust all your elected officials and and beyond then this may be not for you you know i trust no one to to fall back on a on a obvious comparison this is smack dab in the middle of the x-files the deepest darkest black op x-files that's what this is so if you dig that stuff check this out it is called nobody is in control it's all done 
If you don't feel like picking up the single issues, wait for the trade. Black Mask is pretty good with turning around trades after you know their miniseries have uh, have finished. Sure. And you don't need anything else. Four issues and you're done. No heavy lifting. Everything is explained for you. Uh, you may have to draw some lines yourself, but that's the joy of this thing, right? I thought it was great. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the art. I see what you mean. Yeah, it's it's not super stylized. Um, it, it's it's matter of fact. It's there. It does what it has to do. Um, there's a couple sequences where the progression isn't all that clear, so you may have to scan a couple sections more than once. But that's not going to kill you. It didn't kill me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd be lying if I said this. The draw here is the visuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the hook is the story, stories. And I'm looking to, at what else this guy's done. He has, he hasn't done a lot. He's he this is this is a, he like he, every few years he gets a gig. He, he did a book called Tet back in yeah 2015. The Underworld Railroad Proof of Concept, which is an ATI, AIT Planet Lar book. Talk about old school, and then uh, and one other book. So to okay. the yeah to the credit of the creative team, I thought I knew where it was going, and I'm like, oh damn, here we go. Mm-hmm. But it did not turn out that way. No, I'm okay. keeping an eye out for the trade. Now, if we're talking Black Ops, and a guy just drops into the lap of a world-renowned conspiracy theorist with millions of followers who spews things over the airways that maybe those in control didn't want people to hear, wouldn't you think they would drop an assassin in his lap that would lull him into a false sense of security and then later kill him? I'll be honest, it doesn't come out that way. Mm-hmm. That that's what you would expect, like <coughs> sure. But no, it it was it was wonderful. It, it right. very a, a lot of food for thought. And looks text heavy too. I like. Oh, that. it is. Yeah, it is, you're not going to blow right through this. Yeah, and there's there's like pop up graphics too. There'll be uh, the wilderness, and it'll pop up. It's like this is what kind of tree this is, and and here's a little. Um, thing concerning this tree and here's an animal in the tree and this is what it is and this is the the uh, <laughs> biological and this is what it does yeah it's kind of cool very yeah, rewarding for me I'm, I'm gonna look for the ter- uh, ah, i'm gonna see when the trade comes out yeah wholeheartedly recommend it nice what else do we have oh i just want to talk about something real quick that i know david has read and i'm not going to say a whole lot more about it but i read teenage mutant ninja turtles 104 Oh, yeah. oh, that's that good, good. You read it, and I, <coughs> I, I, I just want to let people know that the heart and the soul that Sophie Campbell injects into this book is ridiculous. Oh, so good. You could be a complete stone, an unfeeling bastard, and mm-hmm. read this issue, and you'll get the feels. It's inevitable the way that she uses these characters, and it's not it's not like the waterworks with the fanning hand of, of, you know, MTV. This is really subtle. Like it'll be a character's head just tilted on the shoulder of another. And you're like, holy shit. You, that, that one scene where, where Alaplex is with Raph and she's just leaning her head on his shoulder. Like, Oh my God. I, that just gave me, I, I, I was verklempt. And then I won't spoil it, but when something happens that we thought was gone, comes back and and it, it's it's the impetus for all of the the turtles getting back together which i say jenica is very important to the storyline yeah if it mm-hmm. wasn't for jenica and pride 
the Turtles would have never gotten back together, which is a good thing. And so now we're on equal footing, which I didn't, I'm glad that Sophie didn't belabor the point and drag this out for 10 issues. But now all the Turtles are back together. And, and I'm, I'm glad you, it, because after, after City of War concluded and we're months after with this new status quo, um, you know, it, it wasn't like you said, it wasn't, wasn't the better part of a year. It was, it, it, it's, it's been three, four issues and, and not that getting through the previous issues was a chore, but to get, um, reading those issues to get to 104 it made it also worth it. 104 is, is, is an absolute gem to behold. I mean, it, it, it could be, um, a, a single issue contender. It, it's just, it's, I've, I've enjoyed everything Sophie's done with the turtles the past couple of issues, but, but this seeing, seeing everybody together, um, seeing just progress made and, and, uh, and brothers reunited. And then, and then that last page walking into the club is just, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I I loved everything about this 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 one issue. I loved everything about it. Yeah, I'm not deep pockets. OA man, like some people, but right. I would fork out for that page if it was for sale. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's the book is so optimistic. Well, 104 is very optimistic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A- after the the well spoilers. The, the if you're not a little melancholy. Yeah, if you're not reading Teenage Mutant sure. Ninja Turtles, y- you've missed a lot because Master Splinter's dead. And the turtles, because of that horrific incident, the turtles went their separate ways. Mikey, in particular, was devastated by it, um, and he withdrew to the point where didn't want he he just tended to his cat and just didn't want to talk or or see anyone. And Raph is Raph, so he's angry. He doesn't want to release his emotion, so he lashes out. I mean, it's it's textbook turtles, but it's done in a way where the emotions are very high. And Sophie reaches into the past for everything we know about the Turtles, everything we've experienced to date, and uses it to her advantage, which is amazing. Um, it's, I think that if she keeps going like she's going, this is going to be one of the greatest Turtles run ever. Wow. Yeah, yeah they're very good hands with her. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, That's saying a lot, too. I mean... How many years has this franchise been around, and how many hands has it has it passed through? Not the least of which was Eastman and Laird. This right. this run is is phenomenal. It's definitely a top five book for me. And it's wow. it, it's and I mean, unfortunately, I don't have um, the years of of IDW issues available to 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 read i don't have them on hand i don't i haven't been reading it i i jumped back on the turtles with city at war thanks to you vince so i mean it's it's i don't have i don't have a point of reference i don't have anything to compare anything before number 93 to but for some reason just with these handful of issues from sophie it, for me it's like her following eastman and laird because that's the last time i was reading turtles on the regular that's i i almost I'm this close to to likening it to um, Burn following Stan and Jack on Fantastic Four. There's just that that it's and and I, and that, that that's probably not fair and it's probably not true because again I don't know what I've missed 
in that time. But but knowing how she's treating these characters, I just I I I feel like it's it's inadequate for me. Passing of 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 the torch from way back when. There's a lot of good stuff that came out of IDW. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm absolutely. And, sure. and uh, lucky for you, you can go back and get them in those big ass library editions. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them, and since I have a want list or a list of demands, I want a pepperoni and Alita action figures. Oh, I, like I, I need them. They're just great characters, and they just—I mean, Lita was just introduced. What one hundred and three? Yeah, no, 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 no. She showed up in um, at the end of uh, Soap's first issue. She was walking the alleyway. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But a great little character. She absolutely is. Yeah. So there you go. If you're not reading Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, start. Uh, sorry to to barge in, but you need to be reading it. It's sure. so good. Since this is a Patreon episode, we should uh, make make good on the shout-outs. We should, and we have a bunch. A litany. Uh, yes, so uh, shout-out to Mr. Michael Ushkow. And Ian McCurtis. I have to give it on up for David Rogers. Which hands the baton over to me to give some big old dappy love to Zach Davis. And rounding out this uh, this Motley crew this time around is Mr. Andy Merritt. Yeah, double consonants are the best. I wish right? I had double con- consonants in my name. I have two double consonants in my middle name. That should, those are vowels. No, oh, his, mi- his mi- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Them, them round I, things I, I is vowels. <laughs> That's Barrett. Barrett. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yep. J.D. Wood. Middle name. Nice. The other day, Colin's like, that's such a stupid middle name, Jackson. Jackson <gasps> Barrett Wood. And I'm like, you know that's my middle name, too. He's like, all the better. He's like, my comment's doubly hurtful then. <laughs> Damn. Man, he is vicious. Huh? He's vicious. Vicious. Yep, like since, a uh, since, since Jews can't be juniors, um... My, uh, I, I have my father's middle name. What is this? There are no, you're not, you're supposed to be named after someone who recently deceased. Um, huh. So it's, uh, so, so I was, I was named after, um, a cousin, but, uh, but yeah, so there are no, there, there are no juniors in, in my family. Um, but, uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that because I don't, I don't know if I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd be okay with with Ronald, Ronald, Ron or Ronald, but, uh, um, but uh, I do have uh, we share middle names. If your name was Ronald, people call you Ronnie anyway. <laughs> Just to torque you. It's true. <laughs> Italians are lazy, man. My dad was Vince. My I'm Vince. My son is Vince. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we're just like actually fuck- the yeah. third. Or did oh yeah, know? no, he's the okay. third. Yeah. Um, We're just like, fuck, it's too much work. What is your work. middle name? Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. I, I am Italian. My uh, my uncle's my father, Reg, as a nickname, um, which I think is just a torque, because I think short for Reginald. But, um, yeah, it's. I don't think anybody, I don't know if, oh, no, no, that's true. No, I have heard people call him Ronnie, uh, but for the most part, it's Ron. I don't Ronnie, know anybody who calls him Ronald. Ronnie James Dio. 
You're, yeah, I don't think I, I, I don't mm-hmm. think that was really rocking out with uh, with Rio. Hmm. So what else There's do we have, people? Let's keep it rolling. Um, I um I have a little bit of a story, which will probably be longer than the review of of this miniseries. Which it wasn't a. I was kind of led to believe that that this is a horrible maybe not worth your time miniseries and 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 i don't necessarily agree with that but um many 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 years ago when um when i would visit my grandparents in massachusetts my, my mother's parents um i remember one summer my grandfather handed me a reprint a thick ass reprint of jack cole plastic man it, it was a plastic man comic but just filled with jack cole stories and um or people who drew like jack hole back then but um i was always fond of plastic man the character and um no he was just another stretchy guy like 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 elongated man or or whatever jimmy olsen got into but um i don't really remember them ever really playing up the plastic part of it like with with elongated man with the gin gold and even Richards with the cosmic rays. Like it's, I understand the whole elasticity thing, but plastic, when I was growing up, I just thought of plastic as a hard material that, you know, they make action figures out of and, and everything else, but, um, never really made the stretchy connection to it, but I've always, whether it was just the attitude of, of Yellow O'Brien and, and with, with this two-bit hood who just ends up um, turning his life around, trying to make things better and being a hero, I've always liked the character. And um, I know from... Dark Knight's Metal with the egg and, and you know, his, his return in, in the Terrifics, which has been great. Um, I've read the Gail Simone miniseries from um, last year or 2018? Uh, 2018, the end of uh, late 2018. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's written by Gail Simone, art by... Adriana Mello and colors by Kelly Fitzpatrick and, and Mello's art reminds me in some places a little bit of Derek Robertson, which means that or some of it reminds me of Russ Braun. Um, but the story itself, and, and, and I, I'm a fan of Gail Simone. I like her work. She, she's told plenty of stories that I've enjoyed. Um, but this felt like it's not, it's the same character, but but whatever's going on, whatever Jeff and and Jean are doing with Plas in the Terrifics doesn't really play in to this miniseries. It, it's kind of like an origin, um, a, a post DC rebirth origin story for Plastic Man because it's it's immediately um, after he was thrown from the car, after he was hit with the chemicals from Ace Chemical and. Um, and he's trying to do, trying to make good on 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 being a being a um, being a thug. And 
it just it 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 reads like a story that's just not out of place just it 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 doesn't it's its own thing it it's um it seems to have been set up for a sequel um which i i, I don't know if we're going to get but um it was it it was just i i i enjoyed some of the jokes some of the jokes were very timely of, of like just they would be dated they'll be dated in another six months but the um the, it, it seemed like it was just really having fun writing the story writing this character um the other weird thing with this miniseries is that every issue every cover was done by someone different uh whether it was um uh bill Cusevoli or alex ross or um Pacino, it it just there was, which was odd for me. I don't I don't recall too many miniseries where every every issue had a different cover artist, um, and none of them um, by the artist who who's drawing the interior. But um, was, yeah, so so Eel O'Brien is is of course the the main character uh, ends up being friends with um, with Suave. Padu Swakatoon, the Prince of Pri- the Prince of Pine Street, who refers to which, which goes by the him he pronoun, even though um, Pado is is was born a girl. Um, everything Pado wants to do, um, it's just they want to be referred to. As he and and it, it, it and seeing someone who's eleven years old and and trying to get that point across um, didn't really read all that easy, but um, but okay, you know that's the way the character wants to go, go for it. But you know, really, really the 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 story dealt with um, plastic man for some reason thought that. Amazo and Hugo Strange and Queen Bee and Doctor Psycho and Amazo are like the toughest of the tough, the 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 baddest that that DC Universe has to offer. And if he can take them on, then uh, the sky's the limit. But um, he he's a bouncer at a club that uh, the the strippers all dress like superheroes, or superheroines. Um, it was. It, it read quick. It looks. It. It. I, I. I like the look of it. Like I said, Mello's got a style that I'm. I'm a fan of. Um, but it was just. It was. I'm just gonna chalk it up. It was weird, and and that's fine. It was just. It was. It was. Um, it doesn't tie in to anything else. It's not like it's going to lead into um, the event Leviathan or or has to do with anything that anybody else is doing in the DC universe. It's not like he doesn't mention the terrifics at all. So you wouldn't even know that, uh, that character is on that team. It was just, it, it really was its own thing. And it wasn't, it, it, it was, I remember when it was coming out, uh, some people on Twitter. And again, that could have all been, um, because it's Gail Simone, anybody, um, who is friends with other creators in comics that uh, we're not fans of are going to attack or and crap all over anyway. So um, most of the hate I'm sure was from idiots over there that uh, just got caught up in my timeline, but um, it wasn't anywhere near as, as, as offensive as I thought 
people were making it out to be. It was just it was it was a Plastic Man story. It was it was a nifty little Plastic Man story. It wasn't necessarily the Plastic Man that I grew up reading. Not that I think that character exists anymore anyway. But um, I like Plastic Man because he is. How many stretchy characters can you have? And DC's got plenty, but he is not Ralph Dibney at all. And and um, you know the the character of Ralph Dibney, the character of Alonso. It, it, there, it's obvious that that DC can have both characters with, with similar powers um, coexisting because they're not one is not replacing the other. They they can uh, they're, they're as different as can be. But um, it was it it things moved along pretty quickly because of just to get to the end of the story. Um, but there were some moments where I think Gail led us into Il O'Brien's head and, and that helped um, tell the story somewhat because it is, because it is kind of weird and wonky and that's, that's kind of how, how Il thinks. So it, um, I, I, I can respect, I can appreciate the, uh, the techniques used there, but it was, it was weird. It was, and it was, it, it was a good weird. I didn't, um, I really had no, no idea where we were going with it from, from jump. Um, and, uh, and when we got to the end of it, 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 you know, it, it aside from a possible cliffhanger, uh, it, it wraps things up in a nice little bow. So it was, it, it, it's a cute quaint story. Um, but yeah, it was, it wasn't what I expected, but uh, when I was done with it, um, I, I, I dug it. I haven't read it, but it certainly looks good. Yeah, and and I've I, I've been a fan of Mello for for a long time now, and um, and you know, does all six issues, and there are um, there are some times where uh, the inking got a little a little thick, whether that was just to, to maybe speed things up or, um, it doesn't look rushed by any means, but, but there are definitely times where, where characters are, there are close-ups in some panels and the brush strokes are a little thicker than, um, than other panels, but, uh, the action is good. Um, the expressions are great and, and different, the different, uh, forms, plastics are, uh, are amusing. Um, but it's also, it, it also reads for a slightly, um, it's weird. I, I want to say a more mature audience, even though uh, Il O'Brien is anything but mature. But yes, yeah, some of the uh, some of the innuendos and the uh, double entendres they um, they're they definitely take advantage of the uh, T plus rating on the cover. All right, you boys feel like bringing it on home. Tight and right. Yeah. If you would be so kind, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, and uh, get the lowdown on what everybody else already knows. In the meantime, in your travels, I do not see this book on Jason's list, so I won't get too far into it. Yeah, I don't think I've gotten my copy yet. Yeah, but... You guys I, got your copies? Yeah, I got my. Well, see, and I have to send picture. I have to send um, Tony a photo because um, Jason, you should have also gotten the PDF. You should have checked your email. But, oh, I'll check for the PDF. I'm saying, have you gotten um, your physical copies yet? Yes, yes, and and unfortunately, um, probably it took longer than it should have because when I got to my mailbox the other day, uh, there was a plastic bag 
inside that plastic bag was the ripped envelope of the comic and um and some postcards so i'm hoping i i want to send tony a note just let know. i mean i got everything i got the comic that was the important thing um but i don't know if there were any other extras or goodies that um that may have but i mean the post office was they, they put it in the the plastic bag sealed it up so they, they they try to keep everything together uh it looks like it just got got snagged on something and and got exposed but yes yeah the, the physical books came damn all right written by our good friend tony esmond magnificently illustrated by adam falp nick prolix does these funny ass ads and there's a ben mara variant cover where are you going this is atomic hercules number two I have to say, my uh, debauchery meter is in the shop. It's being fixed because I use it a lot, and um, it hasn't. It needs to be tweaked a little bit. I may say that this is even more over the top than the first issue. Nice. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah, and that's saying a lot. Um, it is. There's a unicorn named Buttercup Starlight. <laughs> who uh yeah plays a very significant part in in the narrative uh i like jason hasn't read it yet so i i won't i won't go into it but if you like holy shit moments and very explicit um transgressive art and narrative then you got to get your hands on atomic hercules both number one and number two um there's sequences in here that i was Yow! There's a, a we go back to the bar at one point, and mm. it's it's pretty much anything goes, dude. Um, yeah. Uh, quadruple sex. Uh, there's a lot of exposed penises. It's just funny as hell. Yeah, I loved it. I hope they make a bazillion of these because I, I will buy every single one of them. Bazillion. Yeah, Atomic Hercules number two. It's just great stuff. Thank God this thing exists. And I don't even believe in God. True. <laughs> I, one of my favorite ads was the um was the uh the Atomic Hercules action figure because it reminds me of the um of the Remco Arik and Warlord action figures from from way back in the day. Um Did you write Tony a a letter of comment? Did I? Yeah. No. Hmm. Because there's a David from Twatsville. Yeah, from Twatsville. I don't know if you live there, but <laughs> uh, and but the comments are strangely uh, parallel to what you said about the first issue. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe there was some transcribing. That's good. And there's a letter column in case you didn't guess by what we just talked about. So it's old school, up the ass, all the way, and it's wonderful. Eye searing color, great art, debauched, explicit <laughs> storyline. Friggin' made my day. That's fantastic. There should totally be a um, Buttercup Starlight um, figure model. Like the Fuzzy Pump of Barber Shop, where instead of when you pull the neck of the, <laughs> you know, the, and the, the Play Doh would come out. You pull uh -huh. the, the head of the unicorn down and a metal penis falls out of its ass. Mm -hmm. There you go. Or, or, or the rainbow poo, but yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. I I prefer the penis, as if you yes, didn't you already would. know. You yeah. Would. You're about to pee. You always prefer penis. One more time for um, posterity. Atomic Hercules number two. Um, I think you know. I I um. I don't really have anything because I've been reading the um, the book of the month. Um, so the only thing I really read on the quick was was the plastic man. So I'm fine with. Echoing Vince on Atomic Hercules, and there's two things that match Jason's list on mine. So depending on what he decides to go with in your travels, unless it's the second issue of one of the other ones, um, I can just piggyback on yours as well, Jason. Oh, uh, cool. Um, all right. So, well, let's 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 roll with that. Uh, in your travels. Um, most of you will be hearing this on Tuesday, June 23rd. So the following day, Wednesday, June 24th, head to your shop and pick up a copy of That Texas Blood Number 1 by Image Comics, written by Chris Condon with art by Jacob Phillips. If that name doesn't mean anything to you, it is the progeny of Vince's reigning favorite mainstream artist, Sean Phillips. Uh, it is Jacob's interior sequential debut. Uh, he's been working with his dad for some time. Um, basically bought the book on the appeal of that, frankly, because the image has done a great, you have to give image a shout out. They have done an amazing job um, for some time now uh, in previews of providing usually four pages of interiors from uh, spotlight issues. So usually two or three issues a month that they decide they want to push the hardest. Like usually number one debut issues, they give you four pages of interior, so you can really judge for yourself if it's a if it's something worth worth your interest. Um, so I was blown away um, when I saw it because uh, I, I, I guess it's not that unusual for a son to uh, have chops, um, even you know in their in their dad's chosen field. Certainly uh, the Cooper brothers, for example. But uh, I was still impressed because I don't think Jacob is a very is, is all that old. Um, and I thought, wow, if this is the first comic he's going to throw into the world. He's, uh, he's got quite a career ahead of him. Um, and he doesn't veer too far from, from dad's turf. Uh, this is a very serious noir book set in, um, it's, it's modern day. It's, it's set in Texas in a place called Ambrose County. Uh, and the story revolves around um, a sheriff of the town of the county named Joe Bob Coates, who uh, it's uh, his birthday and he's turning 70 and uh, married to a little woman, by the way, his yeah. wife is, is 75. Uh, so we're the cradle. But um, it's it's a pretty um, <laughs> it's a pretty depressing story. <laughs> uh, I mean, dude is, is sort of feeling the existential dread of being old and, and, and achy and, and the narrative starts with the, and I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have the book in front of me, but the narrative starts with, with him in his head thinking, you know, they always tell you that you get better with age, but that's bullshit. They, they should be honest. You don't get better with age. It's, <laughs> you reach a peak and then it's, it's, it's materially downhill from there. Um, and we should just be honest about that. But, uh, he, in many ways, he's he's just going about his normal day, a small town sheriff. Uh, in as much as he has such little to do, that like his wife 
calls him on the police line, even though she's not supposed to, to tell him to go pick up a casserole dish from a neighbor because she needs it to cook him birthday dinner tonight. Um, so it's that kind of sleepy, sleepy thing. But as we get more into it, we realize that, that, that even though this day may be a quiet stereo or typical day in, in the life of a small town rural sheriff, he's seen some shit, some real shit. And, uh, and and Condon and, and and Jacob give us very gory details of some of those those things that he's he's witnessed, um, and it just leads you to believe that this is probably going to be a pretty dark story. You know, um, uh, I got like a No Country for Old Men vibe for for it, you know, from it, and um, I'm definitely intrigued. It, it leaves you on a bit of a cliffhanger. It, it is essentially a setup issue. You just get to know Coates and. There are a few things that happen, and I can't really tell you as to whether or not I think how consequential these 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 acts are or not. I, I'm, it's unclear. We'll have to see how they unfold. They could just be um, ripples in the in the in the pond along the way, or, or they could be this, the centerpieces of, of what's going to become the mystery or the or, or the, the the crisis he's dealing with. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that's not clear. At least it wasn't to me. Um, but I, I got to give Phillips props. Uh, I think the art looks great. It's it's it is evocative of his dad, um, sure. yeah. but it is not. It is not a clone. And, and and look, let's be fair. It's it's unrealistic to expect any artist, regardless of their genetics or experience, to have their first comic look as jaw droppingly beautiful and precise as uh, Sean Phillips. So, um, I'm not telling you you're going to open this book up and 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 see the second coming of Sean. Um, but again, you know, I think it's probably fair to compare what we're seeing here with how Sean looked in his early comics work, like go back and look at sleeper or something. Um, but either way, I thought it was top notch stuff. It's, it's, it's realistic in the sense that it's, it's real looking people, old weathered human beings. There's no superhero anatomy here. Again, doesn't stray, stray too far from what you'd see in criminal, um, in, in real settings. Um, so, uh, it, it, there's not a lot of fantastical elements here uh, by design, um, but I'm intrigued because it is dark, and and yes, criminal is dark, but this has got a a tone to it, which which uh, as I said, no country for men. It's got a tone to it where there's going to be some some pretty severe, gory homicidal stuff going on. I think, um, and uh, I thought it was good. I. I you know, I, I went in with relatively low expectations just because I wasn't familiar with either creator's work, um, this being Phillips's debut uh, in interiors. And then I, I, I presume, and, and forgive me if, if, if any of you are giant fans, I'm not familiar with Chris Condon prior to the solicit, but that doesn't mean that he hasn't done comics. I just, does the name doesn't mean anything to me yet. Um, but yeah, man, like I'm, I'm definitely on board. Um, and I have to say, I'm 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 on board within the context of thinking. Wow, I, I I'd love to go back and look at the debut comics issue for all the people we consider great cartoonists now. And I I'm going to go into the Vince camp here and throw some hyperbole out. I would imagine that there aren't many debut issues of the greats that we talk about now that looked as good as this does for for a debut issue. So I I, I give I give. Jacob, incredible props on that front. Um, so I give the story like a a B in the sense that I like the tone. Um, 
I, but I, I don't quite know where it's going. And, and it, it, it could be one of those things where, where wherever its journey is taking me is something I'm not going to feel all that interested in, or it could be something that totally pulls me in. I, the first issue was a little bit undecided on that. And uh, I will say, uh, if I'm if I'm being totally honest, I, I thought it was a smidge wordy in parts. Um, I, I I guess I'm different from David. He mentioned how much he liked the the wordiness of a book. I, I don't I don't like wordy comics. I think comics should be told, not uh, should be should be uh, should be shown visually, not 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 typed. But uh, but that being said, again, it wasn't it wasn't wordy to the point of of of, of ruining the experience for me. But I, I did think there was a bit of the writer not quite yet being comfortable enough in his career to let his creative partner do the work. I see. Now there's when, when you say it like that, that's, that's Chris Claremont letting, telling you what Cockrum and Byrne and Ramita Jr. Just drew. That's true. This is an expository. That's, he is just, mm-hmm. this is all a lot of, a lot of the words on these pages are conversations between Fair. Joe, Bob and Martha, mm-hmm. between the sheriff and Ruth. Um, so we're definitely getting a feel for the characters and how familiar they are with one another. Um, the, uh, and, and it's, yeah, it, it, it looks absolutely phenomenal. There, there is, yeah, there's absolutely shades of dad. Um, some of it, and, and I hate, um, bringing him up and giving him any sort of compliment, but there's, there's some of it that reminds me of, um, of Tony Harrison in, in a very complimentary yeah, way. Yeah, no, I thought of that too. I just didn't want to. I know. The, the, uh, but no, I think I, as far as the setup goes, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're definitely, um, I mean, kudos for, for giving us a, a 70 year old leading man. Um, he, he's, he's definitely, like you said, he's, he, he's seen some shit. Um, he, uh, there's some memories coming back, um, to haunt him more or less, but we, um, this, this, this fictional town, this, uh, this fictional town, it's, it, it's not, um, it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it's not Green Acres. It, it's definitely, um, things are definitely on, on the darker side of things. It, it, it's kind of like Twin Peaks in the West. It, it's just, um, I, I, I like the character so far. I, I, I like Joe Bob. Um, he, uh, I, I, you know, the conversations he's having with Martha remind me of, of conversations I've had with my wife. The, um, and, and, and people do know one another and, and it's, it's, there'll be, there are a couple of, uh, a couple of people in town who, um, just, uh, I guess maybe get used to having their way and, and, and the sheriff's not about that. The sheriff also doesn't go around swinging his dick. He's not, he's not trying to, I mean, he, he's, he's concerned about Ruth, but he also doesn't, you know, break the door down, um, because he, uh. He he knows for certain that 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 something um, here may be going on. He, he he's 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 got a you know he's he's, he's kind of by the book in that regard. But the um, the art is the art's great. I, I uh, and, and yeah, like you. I mean, I, I ordered it. Uh, I mean, we're reading the PDF thanks to the image re- previews. But um, the it was in my previous video the the few pages that the, that the catalog showed uh was kind of a no-brainer i i the solicit um kind of 
hit me just right. So, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how this looks on paper. But, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was, it, it's hard, it's hard for me to say. I was happy with it considering the the tone of it, but I'm, I'm really, um, they, they hooked me. I, I, I gotta see, um, I gotta see where the second issue goes and, and, and where we go from here. Apparently this was, um, thought up as, um, I, I guess when, um, Condon was thinking it up, um, it was, uh, the story originated as a film idea he had. Um, oh, okay. And uh, and he went to Jacob because um, was, he was going to be the concept artist. And um, I guess things just started. They just grew from there. And they, um, I, I, I guess it would just be um, better as, uh, or, or maybe just, to play out better as a comic I, I think you could probably do things you could obviously do something different with a comic than you could um in film but yeah um i mean it, and it didn't read like a screenplay it didn't read like oh it didn't read like something from legendary or um or anybody who, who's trying to op- get this option but uh no i i um i definitely enjoyed it as well i'll read it when my damn copy comes there you go. <laughs> I'm excited. I think I'm I'm more excited than I've been in a while for a solicit. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Today, I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter. Rick Remender announced. Oh, I thought you meant about this. I thought now, you meant about well, this. Well, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that, but I'm more excited for Rick Remender's forthcoming project, The Scumbag. Yeah. Yes. He teased it on on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be uh, a series in which each issue is illustrated by a different person. The first issue is Louis La Rosa, and then you get Andrew Robinson, Eric Powell, Tula Lote, Wes Craig, Roland Bashi, Simone DeMeo, Duncan Fergredo, Yannick Paquette, Mike McCone, Dave Johnson, and Moreno Dionisio. I saw, I was like, wow, this is. This is a super home run. It hasn't even come out yet, and I'm like stoked to get my hand on it. And I'm gonna buy it in single issues. Did you read the the synopsis of the the series? Did not read the synopsis. No. Well, the, it's called the Scumbag. Yes. And it fe- it follows the adventures of one Ernie Ray Clementine, a biker, drug addict, illiterate scumbag, who is uh, to determine the fate of the world. Mm-hmm. The tagline is, what happens when the fate of the world falls into the hands of the worst person? What on bump? I'm down. I'm so down, it's ridiculous. Like, again, this is in my wheelhouse. And all these various artists on this thing, shut up. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's like a who's who of Cadence comic art. Well, it yeah. came yeah, it came across to Twitter, and you could not look away from the, the uh, teaser graphic. So I followed the link. It goes to... Uh, comicbook.com or wherever I I don't you know travel the web but I had to because Remender said go here and I read it and I was wow I'm so excited for this yeah it should be amazing I mean you know I obviously I don't need to I'm, I'm a mark for all Remender things so I <laughs> so this was an obvious insta buy as soon as it was birthed from his mind for me the pitch for this hits me way harder than say Deadly Class. Light, I, I like Deadly Class a lot, 
But you got a bunch of kids. You know, okay, it's great. I get it. I love the art. It's a great series. This seems much closer to my bone than some of his other stuff, which is has all been good. But the 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 pitch for this is like, yikes! I need it. You guys are like dead fish tonight. Mm-mm. What? You guys are like first dead. Of all, first of all, I was taking a gulp of water. I heard it. Okay, and I'm yes because I didn't. I mean, I'm I'm going by what you're saying because I didn't see the. I saw the tweet because I I, I Twitter's in my notifications and uh, well I, I see remenders things and and whenever you guys tweet or retweet something I, I I'm notified so I was aware of it. I didn't click any links beyond the tweet. It's just text. Um, Text and, and a little. Oh no, it's not just text. There's pages from I forgot pages from the 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 first issue. Ridiculous. So is it going to be in the next previous? Is it going to be in the July previous? Uh, I would imagine. But I'm. By the way, I'm with Dap. It's it's uh, normally I'd be the one marking out over a Remender book. I just you're you're bringing it up. All I, I saw for like a split second, Remender say, "Hey, wouldn't it be a good." time to introduce a new book and then i saw west craig saying he was currently working today on his issue and that's all i saw i didn't know anything about else about it until you just talked about it so that's your current that's your electricity west craig remender come on i'm saying dude right but la rosa of course from valiant yeah i mean that's great i mean mean, yeah that's i mean it's weird like i would think like if if the character the name of the book is scumbag I'm thinking of 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 artists like Mahfoud or for greater somebody who 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 draws dirty, grimy, scumbaggy images, and and then I hear Larosa in the first edition. I'm like, that doesn't sound like. I mean, this, so it's there's it's not a disconnect. It's just it's 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 a weird. It's weird for me to envision an artist like Larosa working on something called scumbag, and that that that's totally on me. I'm it, it's it's I'm envisioning things that 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 don't exist yet so um and again because i haven't clicked it so i haven't seen any art from it at all um looks like remender pillaged a couple of uh valiant's heavy hitters here right well it'd be nice to wasn't uh paquette over at valiant for a while Uh, maybe some well, no, well, you're think- wait, are you thinking of the one who drew um the uh the Evar book? That wasn't Oh no 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 Yannick Paquette. That was um not Paco Medina. Um But is it Yannick Paquette? Is that who's yeah. on Scumbag? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, he was he was mostly D C. Oh, well there you go. I cannot wait. My my blood pressure just went through the roof when I saw this. Awesome. Yeah. Maybe I'm the target. Who knows? Well, I'm glad to see it uh, selfishly because, as as we all know, when he was on the show last month, he he's wrapping up a lot of his long running image books. So yeah, and I think he teased this when he was on the show, didn't he? He said, "I got a project that's Perkin. I can't really talk about it." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but that could also be three other things for all we know. Right? True, right. true that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just stupendous work. Like, holy! I God. hate the. I, I got to say, I understand why they do it, but I hate the obligatory. Oh, I can't talk about what I'm working on right now. Well, yes. I mean, then don't say it, right? Right. But yeah. yeah. Now that being said, we I, the, the reason I mentioned this because we I think a lot of interviews 
ask, oh, what are you working on now? And then they say, oh, I can't talk about it. We never ask people what they're working on because, right. like, if we assume that they're going to talk about it if they can. Right. So, it's right. like. <laughs> I tell you, but I have to kill you. Yeah. So, you're better off not knowing. All right, everybody. Hey, that's it. We thank you for being here. If you want more of this, go to the socials, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook. Please take a peek at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. In the meantime, say goodnight. Look at me on Megatron. He he doesn't make that sound, but my Megatron makes that sound. He wouldn't be so formidable if he did make that sound, would he? No. Optimus would be like, fuck this clown. Big gun. It's all show. David. Uh, good night. I gave you a little play, a theater. You did. That yeah. was great. Right? And I was thinking about doing something with uh, my Grendel shelf here. In, in the, as a That was all scripted on the fly, by the way. That's great. I just wrote that. You're so good at that. I love it. <laughs> David. There you go. Thank you, people, for being here. We love you so much. Come back next time, which is only going to be a couple days away. And we'll have Look a hot... month. Look at a month, yo. Yeah. You're kidding. It's no. Oh, boy. No, I yeah. better get rolling on that, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Next episode, Book of the Month, Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files, Volume 5, by a bunch of talented people. And uh, we're going to chop it up because it's a formidable tome. It's massive. So we're going to take uh, selected highlights from it and talk about those y'all read the whole thing because it's very much worthwhile but if we talked about the whole book it would be a, like a five-hour podcast nobody wants to listen to that repetitive you know props to mike myers he released a four and a half hour podcast like i can't even did we ever oh we had a six hour one once didn't we yeah yeah. But but that was recorded on different days, right? Yeah. And we mm-hmm. just we put it all together. But four and a half hours, dude, chop it up. Come out every day. But he's he's about the volume. He does it all the time. Big props to Mike Myers. He's yeah. one of he's one of the, the stalwart um How did you know that he did that? I because Mike's my buddy. We talk we got we're on the Twitter all the time. Wait, what? Yeah. That that is I've known you for a long time, and that is news to me. It's silly how they're old DC head bros. It's silly how closely his tastes parallel mine. It's true. It's true. I mean, but really? when, you buy, yeah. when you buy every comic every month, you're bound That's to overlap. That's true. With Mike does that. buy a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah, okay. I, he I, does. I, I, I'm really surprised by all of this. I because I don't I don't know Mike to not to like anything other than mainstream, primarily DC. No, you pretty much can't stand DC these days. No, he he buys and reads a lot of stuff. He he said, "Oh, I just discovered. How did I live this long and I never read any AC comics?" And I'm huh? like, "Bruh, yeah. seriously, <laughs> Fem Force. I mean, come on." And 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 he, he yeah, I mean, I I see and and I do. I I, I follow Mike on on Twitter. I love Mike. I, you know, I mean, thanks to CGS, he, he, that that known to do forever. Um, but uh, I see him more in my emails when he backs something on Kickstarter than I tend to see his tweets. And he backs a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I never see his tweets. As I was going to say, the only like the only thing I know about his taste in the last bunch of years is that he didn't care for Tom's Batman. Like that's the that's, only thing yes. I know about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he he always 
is doing live stuff on 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 Twitter. He posts a lot of here's what I got boxes and boxes of comics. Like if the, I don't think there's there's not too many cheerleaders for comics bigger than Mike. I'll just be honest. The guy is he's all yeah, about the comics. I think, I, I, I think him saying something about Tom's Batman is probably it stands out to me because he I don't know him to say anything. He tends to always go out of his way to be positive about. He finds the positive in everything he reads, so that that's partly why the um, the dislike of the Tom stuff stood out to me. Right. Mm. It's it's rare. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. There you go. Uh, we've really overstayed our welcome. Come back next time. We'll be here, and so will you. Hopefully. Say goodnight. Tell them you love them. Well, I, I do love them. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that, the guy, not, not the guy behind you, that, him I love. Yeah, that, that guy. He's sleeping. Who? Better. The guy behind me. Who? The guy. <laughs> the guy I'm pointing at. Yeah. Suspension of disbelief, my dude. All right. Is the cat alive or dead? You'll never know unless you open the damn box. And by then... It's too late. (sighs) Right? Because it wasn't a cat in the box. It was a cobra, and now you're dead. Now you're dead. Yep. I get to vote tomorrow. Go vote, people. Those of you in states who have the primaries, go vote. Those of you who have states who haven't completely gotten rid of your polling places. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No signs. It's in the basement. Where? I don't know. It's around yeah. here somewhere. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. Not yeah. too obvious what they're trying to do, is it? No. Mm. Stupid. There you go. On that beautifully happy note. <laughs> yeah, really. Optimism. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So we have... Uh, oh, so Vince, I, I sent you um, a screenshot, but... Dick Tracy is on HBO Max, so it's on my watch list. I added it to my list. I, I did love. see that. I'll yeah. be revisiting it soon. As well, everyone should. It's a great movie. It really is. 